Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This week I'm joined by Anthony Coolman, the uh, owner of Red Apple Consultancy and founder of Red Apple. Anthony has a long career in the financial services industry. He's also been involved in the startup and mentoring scene uh, here in Brisbane before starting his own consultancy. And it's great to have you on, Anthony, because I'll get you to explain a little bit about yourself in a moment, but you're one of those people I sort of see in regular, I guess, posts or at events that I've been to, or we sort of know people in the same similar circles. And you're just one of those people that intrigues me because you're out there doing a lot for your business at the moment, helping business owners, which I love. And I've always just wanted to find out a bit more about your story and how you sort of transitioned into what you do. So thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Pat, for having me on. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah. And as mentioned, you did start in financial services. So tell us a little bit about how your career kicked off and maybe where you originally thought you were going to be. Um, so I'm from Queensland originally. Um, I started in so financial services at about um, 17 with my first job with JP Morgan down in Sydney. And um, I kind of got into it. I actually had an interest in what's called numismatics, which is uh, coin collecting of all things. Okay. And so I was sort of fascinated about this, you know, exchange of intrinsic versus extrinsic uh, value. And I thought, well, what better place to try and understand that than in financial services? So I worked, uh, I was fortunate enough to work with um, JP Morgan, you know, Royal Bank of Canada, worked at the stock exchange on, you know, both debt and equity markets, had some great exposure to, you know, all different products from, you know, fixed income, money market, corporate loans, uh, derivatives, so on and so forth. Um, and uh, eventually, you know, that led me back to a treasury role uh, in Brisbane for a company called Inju, where I was sort of the head of treasury for that company. And um, and, and the transition really started like um, throughout my MBA. So, and I think part of that was even the first subjects um, with UQ uh, management frameworks. And I talked about sort of self-awareness and, you know, understanding self and th- that's when this sort of, um, you know, entrepreneurial type streak started to come through. And then I started to apply some of these methodologies, you know, in the corporate world. And then over time, um, as I, you know, sort of continued to evolve, I think I, I sort of thought, well, what if I was to, you know, take the plunge a little bit, try it out in the startup scene and, and now I've been able to, um, yeah, make a business out of it, which is awesome. That's, that's brilliant. And helping other business owners here too, which is fantastic. And a little side story is uh, a good good friend of mine is uh, trying to start a sales business or has started a sales coaching business in Sydney, uh, Rachel. And she reached out to me and said, there's this guy in Brisbane, Anthony, you got to meet him. He just, he's been helping me out for free and he doesn't want anything in return. I'm like, no, that, that doesn't happen these days. Everyone wants something, you know, sign up to this buy my ebook or all this and she's like no honestly he sent me this thing in the mail uh it's brilliant and he just sent it out of goodwill and i was like i gotta check this guy out that, that sounds like a, a guy who's legitimately trying to help new business owners right yeah i know um, uh, rachel and i'm a big fan of what she's doing and um yeah I, i'm a big believer in this concept of sort of you know give 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 as much value as you want if someone you know wants um some form of of uh you know, work from you, then they'll ask for it at the right time. And I think part of being, you know, a good uh, professional in, you know, sales is to have ethics around sales as well and um, know when someone is the right fit and when they're not. And um, 
yeah, I think it's just important to, to live basically from the core of your values, you know. So if you're, it um, doesn't matter what you do, whether you're a, you know, a cook or an athlete or you're, you know, a business educator or a consultant, you know, I, I think you should kind of live, you know, based on your values day in, day out. And that's not necessarily, you know, all linked to, you know, how can I turn this person into a customer? It's just sort of that's the, that's how I think, you know, um, you know, businesses should operate you know essentially absolutely and we sort of hear more of that these days you know people sort of you know you hear your big entrepreneurs like your gary v you know sort of give and be kind and don't expect everything back and i think even like three or four years ago we weren't really hearing that sort of message it was like um drive profits um just think about the business only don't give back to society and now businesses are emerging you know all about societal impact and, and giving out to their communities which uh i think it's fantastic and and there's more and more startups really trying to focus and leverage that that type of business as well yeah 100 percent. and I'm, I'm a big fan of gary v i was fortunate enough to meet him last week um up that's in, good up in brisbane which yeah. is which is awesome and he has you know such great positive energy and um yeah he one of his first books you know jab 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 right hook is all is basically give 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 you know, before you sort of um, ask for something in return, essentially. And I think it's a great ethos and, and messaging to put, um, um, you yeah, put, know, to put into communities, to put it out there. And um, I think, you know, he, he is quite a polarizing personality for some people, but I think if you actually listen to some of the messaging, it's actually, he's quite a, a really fascinating practitioner because he understands, um, you know, what he's talking about, not just from a theoretical perspective, is because he does it. And I think you'll find, um, you know, if you're looking, I, I'm a big fan of the old saying, which is success leaves clues, right? So if you want to be an athlete, you just only need to look at the behavior of successful athletes to try and reverse engineer what it is that they're doing really well. And that will leave some clues for you, right? Success leaves clues. And the same with, you know, if, if there's someone you know, if you want to be a chef, then, you know, you just sort of, you look at what a chef might do. Did they go to school? What sort of school did they go to? Um, when did they open their first restaurant? How did they do it? How many staff did they bring in? All those sorts of things. I think anything you want, 99% of the time has been, you know, done before in um, one form or another and um, just got to look for the clues. Absolutely. I love that. I've heard a lot of sort of, um, you know, quotes or bits of inspiration, but I haven't heard that one before. So that's a, that's a good one. I like it. I want to touch back on a little bit of your motivation uh, and to, to do what you do because, you know, long, long history in financial services, working for some really big major corporations, right? I imagine there's a point in time where you think, I'm in financial services for the rest of my life, whether I like it or not. I know you've got qualifications in that industry. Uh, you've now got a, an MBA, which is fantastic. What was the point for you in that industry where you thought, I really either a want to start my own business or b just get out and make a change what was that point and was there something that drove you to that yeah i can tell you specifically i have to be a little bit careful um but i was working for a um a big four bank um possibly the largest bank in the southern hemisphere which might leave a clue as to who it was and won a global competition called the intrapreneur and out of fifty-three thousand staff um there are i think 1100 ideas submitted Um, We assembled a team and came first place in this competition, won seed capital funding from the CEO at the time Uh, and, um, yeah, won some, you know, the chance to sort of roll it out, had a bunch of awards. Um, We were thrilled on this big high and then flew back on the plane from Sydney back to Brisbane 
And the next day found out that my role was made redundant. Oh, wow. So I was, it didn't sort of make sense to me because I was like, well, why would a, a, you know, a large corporate invest like millions of dollars? And I, I sort of learned that the left hand wasn't sort of talking to the right and, you know, all these sort of complexities. And for me, that was, I, I it, it was kind of this paradox, interesting paradox, because I'd like, on one hand, I was able to sort of, you know, get this fantastic result. And on the other hand, you know, it kind of, I guess it was against the grain of the culture, um, you know, of what they were looking for. So I sort of thought, well, that was still me being true to myself and what I was doing. And I, you know, if I was to do it again, I'd probably, I'd still do the same thing. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, that I think that for me was really the catalyst to sort of say, look, I can perform at the highest level, but I just need to do it elsewhere. And, yeah. um, and you know, ironically, it was, um, I was rewarded to leave that, um, company, which I thought was also <laughs> quite an unusual thing, right? Especially because you just won the competition. Yeah, right? so <laughs> I was paid money to leave. So, um, so it, you know, it, and, and those sorts of things. I think it comes down to sort of resilience, and and you know, you, you I think anyone has ups and downs, and you've just got to sort of um, you know battle through when that happens, and uh, and and journey on, and you know, like talk about quotes, the um, you know. Uh, is the boxer, you know, talks about it's not so many, you know, punches that you give, it's how many you can take. You yeah. Know? And I think over yeah. the, the long journey, that's what it's all about really, right? Is that resilience and it's just, you know, you just keep standing up because it's about that longevity that's going to really hold you in good stead. The, the, the other thing is like, like, yeah, like you said, you actually need to take some hits if you're going to be in the sort of position you're in because like you're now coaching, mentoring other business owners and you've got to prepare them for the real world in some respect. Now, you've been through that with your experience, but those things shape you and obviously give you a different perspective. And then the important thing is you can now pass that that knowledge on. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's really important because, you know, starting a business, running a business, it's it's not all glory. You know, a lot of people show off a, a, a one side of it, but the reality is when you peer behind the curtains a lot of the time, the, you know, businesses are struggling. They've got to make ends meet. They've got to do all the, the accounts, all the marketing, all the sales, every little bit themselves, and it's stressful. And, and it's often determined by uh, other factors outside, you know, the economy, time of year, the season, the industry. So... There's just so many different things to take on as a business owner and without experience, you can't really sort of pass that on to, to others either. Yeah, it's, it's a tough and I, I think it's part, part of the my rationale, I guess, for doing what I do is just to, it helps me as well in the process because I get to learn a lot of this stuff myself, but at the same time, you yeah, get to teach it to other people and, you know, that old saying is, you know, you don't sort of learn until you teach it. Um, so I... Um, I think it's an interesting time at the moment in particular because there's a lot of noise in the business world and there's, you know, everyone's now got, you know, email notifications, Facebook, Insta, Snapchat, you know, LinkedIn, they've, you know, doing EDMs, they've got a CRM, they they might be on TikTok, you know, which is what Gary Vee is saying jump onto, you know, yep. they're um, doing all, they're running around town doing all these sorts of things and for me, I, I like to come back to a few things. One is do you have a really strong selling proposition? Does it match your unique buying reason, which I don't think people talk about in sort of um, even in startup world as much as they would selling proposition? So it's got to resonate with your buyers. You know, that's where that desirability piece comes in, you know, design thinking methodology. Um, sort of focusing on a niche as well. And, um, you know, so for example, if you're a web designer, rather than being a generalist web designer and say, we do really cool websites, um, if you say, 
or even our service is personalized, that's not really a, a selling proposition, right? Because your competitors will say, well, we're personalized as well. So it's got to be a little bit different. So say if you focus on a niche, it might be, well, we're you know, Queensland's number one web designer for cafes and restaurants. And all of a sudden that changes the conversation. Right. So now you're not just a web designer, you're a graphic designer, but you also help them with the napkins, you help them with the menus, you help them with um, maybe the table order numbers and the rest of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the irony is you actually understand their business. And then you might think, well, that's, I'm going to lose, you know, customers out of that. But by sort of honing in on on that niche, um, there's actually, there's about 10,000 cafes and restaurants in Australia, um, you know, that I've got in one of my business databases. And, um, you know, you only need five or 10 of those on retainer to be able, you know, to be off to a good start. So, yeah, yeah. so you can do that with any sort of product or service, any industry, but again, it's got to kind of match the demand um, as well. Yeah. So, um, so I think it is, yeah, it's a noisy time. There's lots going on, but ultimately I think there's an opportunity as well to get back to the basics, which is kind of, you know, relationships, you know, businesses, relationships. And if you can just have a conversation with one or two people and understand what they're going through, chances are, you know, someone in a similar position is going through a similar sort of thing. And if you can uncover the conflicts and the problems and then you'll uncover the opportunities. So you do a lot of that in your current role, Red Apple uh, Consultancy, which you founded. Mm-hmm. T- tell me a little bit about why you started that and how you started that business and how that was born. Uh, so I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, do some work with some startups and scale-ups and established SMEs as well in in. Uh, southeast Queensland ecosystem, predominantly Brisbane and the Gold Coast. And um, I just sort of naturally start, I, I mean, I'm one of those people I always, you know, give my friends advice whether they want it or not. <laughs> and um, and um, it's not for everyone. And then, um, and, and I just, yeah, naturally tried to just help out some people with some tips around sales because I'd done it before previously in, in the corporate world. And then um, and then it started to become a little bit more official and, and I was... I, I really enjoyed that component of my job and I thought, well, you know, what if I could just kind of do that full time? That, that would be really cool. And, and, and then I just sort of started literally just, just texting a few people and I was like, hey, hypothetically, if I was to do this thing, you know, would you have any work? And they're like, yeah, you know, one person's like, yeah, great, I'll put you on this project. Another yeah. person's like, I'll put you on that. So you knew there was some demand early? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and that desirability piece, which I think is really um, really important, overlooked. Um, and for anyone interested, you know, look up you know IDEO's design thinking framework um, out of uh, Stanford University, and you'll see, um, you know, it's all about understanding that demand piece, desirability before feasibility and viability. So anyone can build a website, anyone can create a new product or service. Yeah. Question is, is there a demand for it first? And I give a if I'm may give a quick example oh, right? please yeah um so say you've you you know you're building um and this is sort of startup language right so an ag tech solution so agriculture technology uh technology solution and it might be using technology like internet of things and augmented reality or virtual reality it might be on the blockchain so distributed ledger technology yeah. and does all these things and and you might then go and talk to a farmer and say hey you know would you like to use my product? And he might just be like, oh, I just need you to fix my fence. Yeah. If you could fix my Every fence, said, yeah. then I'd be thrilled, you know? And, and and so that's the thing is if you spend time with your customers first and you understand the pain points that they're going through, maybe you don't need to raise $5 million worth of seed capital funding to get your idea off the ground. Maybe you could just order some pylons and some nails and bang a fence together. Do you think 
Obviously, we're a, a globally connected audience these days. Do you think sort of people see what's going on in other countries? They might be a little bit ahead of us in terms of um, supply and demand and, and especially different industries, like you said, virtual reality, augmented reality, blockchain. Yep. Do you think they see that and go, I'm going to do the Australian version. I'm going to be the guru for this here. Yep. Uh, spend a lot of time researching, spend a lot of time building, uh, spend money. Um, getting a product or service and then just realize that the market's not ready. Do you think that happens? Absolutely. Uh, um, a lot of the time, and there's a great framework, um, which is called the CAGE framework, C-A-G-E. So it's um, cultural, administrative, geographical, and economical differences. So we have um, different cultural differences between uh, Silicon Valley. We have administrative differences. We have obviously geographical differences. Yes, we have a 747 that will go over there from time to time. Um, we have economical differences too, and we have a different sort of culture mindset, particularly you know in terms of raising capital and that sort of thing. Um, one of um, I don't know if I'll say it's a, I'll, I'll say it's a gripe is for me is is there's a little bit of a culture of you know let's um, you know raise all of this funding and then we'll you know create some customers. And yeah. I think for me, I one of my business mentors sort of says to me, he does the opposite, which is monetize first, then scale, okay. rather than scale and monetize. And I think, you know, unless you're going to build the next Uber or LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, you know, for ninety percent of um, you know SME businesses for you know that want to maybe sell for five or ten million later on, um, it's going to be monetize first, then scale. So yeah. back to that sort of core example of. Um, say someone that just maybe their passion or their gift is just they really want to be a cook, right? Mm. But they're like, oh, I've heard there's a lot of money in blockchain. Yeah. My advice would be just be a really good cook. Yeah. You know, forget blockchain. Just be a really good cook and then work out how to sort of monetize that with five people or 10 people. You know, do a workshop for 10 people. Because if you can do it for 10, then you can do it for 20. And then you can do it for 20, you can do it for 30, and then, you can, then you've got a bit of a system that's growing, you know? And I think, you know, starting a business anyway, I believe, is it is it 70% don't get to three years or 90% don't get to five years? So already the odds are pretty much stacked, stacked against you, right? 100%, you know, and, and it's all the more reason why, you know, it's got to be sustainable, you know, in, in an economical sense as well, not just environmental. And, and you know, you um, yeah, you I mean, ideally... For many people going into business, I think it's around a bit of freedom and autonomy. So I mm. think, you know, if you want to maintain that, then, you know, try to do something that you're passionate about or or where you've got a gift in a certain area. And back to that sort of unique selling proposition, you know, is that, that UE ad says no one's UEer than you. Yeah. So just be you. Yes. Yeah. You know, bring out all of your weird, crazy flaws and, yeah, yeah. you know, do that thing. Like I'm a weird guy that's into numismatics and fractional reserve <laughs> banking and understanding, yeah. you know, financial arbitrage you yeah know? Um, but that's you right that's, that's me right? <laughs> but that's not for the next person so you know i think it's just playing to your strengths is important you know and yeah. um doing what feels comfortable and and you know the rest should follow the other thing i'd say just very quickly is, is find a support network is um too so people you can gel with um today's Day in brisbane just had lunch you know with my my the greek side of my family in west end I love my family, but I, you know, I can't talk business with them, right? Nah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I'm fortunate enough to have, you know, friends in the city that we can, we can talk about. Um, yeah, very so important, I think. I think you've got to find your tribe, even just your tribe of five people to start with and, and, you know, and if you can't find one, build one, you know, and use Meetup, use, um, you know, Eventbrite, use the tools that are available, go to co-working sites, find a mentor um, and, you know, because really that tribe of people is what's going to, help support you absolutely 
We, we get a lot of people uh, here at the Career Development Centre coming in, you know, stuck, stuck in a rut. They've been in the same industry for a long time or they can't get away from the job that they're in because it provides a certain amount of security um, and reliability and I guess consistency, mm. but they hate it. Mm. Uh, they want to break out and follow their passion. They want to take that leap of faith. How? What sort of advice would you give to those people in terms of, taking that plunge like like you did i mean you you were made redundant but you effectively stepped out of the financial services industry as a whole into a brand new area Mm -hmm. um yeah what advice would you give to those people because they're the sorts of people we see a lot of Mm -hmm. here i have a i think it's certainly a leap of faith i have a theory i call it the goldfish theory right which is um you know when you buy a goldfish you go to the pet store and you put the little goldfish in the bag right yeah and then you take it home, but then you, you don't just throw it into the, the fish bowl. You kind of place the bag into the fish bowl and then you wait for a while and you let it acclimatize, right? And then if you don't do that, the fish will die, right? So you need, it's really important that the fish acclimatizes to the fish bowl. Then after a while, you open the bag, let it roam free. I think it's the same, you know, if you want to transition from, you know, being a, a, a litigation lawyer into a yoga instructor and actually we've got a, fr- a great friend of ours who is, uh, she was an insolvency lawyer, actually, and she, um, you know, does yoga on the side. Phenomenal. She lent into that uh, process gradually, you know, with the odd class on a Saturday and, you know, went to, um, you know, South America to, um, to you know, to, to go on some sort of safaris. And and then eventually it was like, well, I might do a course on this sort of thing. And then, you know, gradually built that confidence um, to, to then be able to be like, actually, I can do these things. So I... Uh, I think it's it's tough if you just take that plunge because like the goldfish, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have climatization issues, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. Um, but just just test it out lightly, put your toe in the water, and you know, give it a go because um, it it really works. And I still use that today. Um, mm. Even some of the stuff that I want to do in two to three years time from now, I test it out with some conversations, build those relationships, planning for twenty twenty one, twenty two. You know, and always thinking ahead, always thinking ahead rather than just. Um, you know, I'm going to do this next week. Yeah. Thing. So you've got to balance that out. One of the most exciting things about, you know, now is it's never been easier to start a business. Yep. One of the most dangerous things is it's never been easier to start, start a business, a business. because yeah. you can quit your job, yep. basically build a website overnight, mm-hmm. pretty easy these days, uh, next to no code, mm-hmm. um, have that thing launched mm-hmm. and be out there trying to sell whatever it is you have. Unfortunately, it's just not that easy. And I said, like you, like you said, mm-hmm. is there demand? Uh, do do people want this? And you mentioned the unique buying uh, reason. Yeah, yeah. What, explain that because I hadn't actually heard that one before. So, um, effectively, the way I see it, it's like an exchange, right? So, if you're, um, if, you know, you're selling, you've got a buyer on the other side. In between, if you've got a website, that's kind of like an exchange. But if you don't have buyers flocking to that, then you don't have enough liquidity in the market and you're not getting enough depth and you're not going to get the sale. Um, so I, I feel for any business, the best barometer is just talking to people. And um, I have this sort of philosophy, which is um, I don't sell anything unless I can feel literally comfortable to walk across the road, walk into a, a store, a business, a corner store, whatever it is, and just talk to them over the counter yeah. and just say, hey, I would like to do this thing. You know, this is the product. This is what it looks like. What are your thoughts on it? You know, mm. and if you do that early stage in a sort of prototype um, fashion, then you're more likely to get some feedback. Um, even today, 
you know, with the guys at Trademark, um, Ed and Dan, you know, I text them all the time and, and back and forth and yeah. they're like, hey, what do you think of this product? And then, yeah. you know, they were like, oh, try this, try this. And, um, and you know, you know, I, a lot of good business owners are doing that, you know, mm. um, before sort of, um, you know, sticking up a static ad essentially on a website and, and going for it. So, the unique buying reason is all around, you know, is there a match? Is there a correlation between what you're offering and what people actually want? So, for example, you know, you might offer them a Wagyu steak at $98 and it, you know, comes with a free Pinot. Mm. Um, but if people just want burgers and fries, then they're going to go for burgers and fries and you miss the opportunity, right? Um, having said that, you know, if that Wagyu steak is at the opera house and it's the right place, right time, right market, and you've got demand there, then, you know, that could work as well, right? So um, there's there's a, a ratio which I use, so CAC to LTV, so customer acquisition cost to um, lifetime value of customer. You can also use um, annual um, value of customer. Yeah. So I, I think it's just to work out that sustainability factor, you know, I'd look at a product and say, well, how much am I going to make from this? Is it... Um, is it 2,000 per annum or is it 20,000 per annum, right? So back to that, um, you know, uh, web designer example, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're doing five clients on retainer at 20K per annum, then, you know, you've got, and it costs you, um, you know, $2,000 to pick up one of those clients, then your ratio is like one to 10, you know? So you can kind of Google that CAC to LTV It's ratio. pretty important because, yeah. especially if you're service, because uh, effectively you're trading time. 100%, you know? And, there's only 24 hours a day, yep. right? So you need to know that because how much time do you need to spend in your business to make a return to get everything that you want to mm-hmm. to live, to mm-hmm. succeed, to support people? Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough people take that into consideration mm-hmm. when starting a business, how much time they're going to have to put in and what, what return, of factoring everything else in yep. around demand and economics and yeah. marketing. And it's tough and and then do they need to pivot into a product or do they need to tap into a different type of service on top of that? There's, there's so much to consider. I mean, you, you must see that a fair bit with Red Apple Consultancy and the clients you deal with. Do you sort of get to a point with your clients where you need to have a hard word and say, hey, you need to step into this market, you need to change that completely and how about you try this? Do you need to sort of have that hard line or do you, is it really about just perfecting what they have? It, it's a good question because it's hard to have that conversation um, particularly if it's not asked for, uh, you know, yeah, so bet, there's, a, yeah. there's sort of a balance. Um, I, I, I think for me, the ultimate metric is, is the financials and, you know, is, is there customer demand? Um, and I do get longevity, you know, so I, I, you can build the audience first and monetize it later and that sort of thing. But, yeah. but you can generally, you know, see is that demand thing, is something working and whatever's working, you know, let's triple down on that. And if it's not working, let's sort of, um, let's move away from that. So, General, so one of the things we do is, um, so we'll look at, say, um, I want to give an example without giving names away. So um, say someone is selling some products and um, one of those products they're selling into, you know, one particular vertical of industry and that's going really, really, really well. And then you've got sort of two other verticals and not doing, you know, as well. Then... If from a sort of scientific or mathematical perspective, if you were to sort of triple down your efforts and reverse engineer, so let's say you're selling into the mining sector, right? Yeah. And let's say you're selling Microsoft Dynamics and your number one best customer is is mining. 
mining customer. There's 376 mining companies in Australia. So I would just move all of my marketing collateral to we do Microsoft Dynamics for the mining sector, right. you know, and then triple down on one, triple thing, down, right. and you actually mm-hmm. only need to win one or two customers out of three hundred and seventy-six, yeah. and you're going to be the only one in the industry that markets specifically to that, right? Okay. Um, so, so that's similar to your web designer correct. sort of theory before with yep. hospitality in yep. terms of don't be everything to everyone. Yeah, and okay. it works, and it and it's scary. I, I'm doing it myself in a couple of niches. Okay. Uh, one of them is in building and construction. Yeah. Um, building something at the moment. Um, but yeah, essentially, there, there's a few little hacks and processes and tips and tricks that I've learned along the way, which I try to try and depart when I can in those sessions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I, I'm a believer. Anything you can, you can kind of grow it pretty quickly. So I kind of. I, I kind of call it rapid growth consultancy. So we can, you know, whatever it is you're doing, if you want to do it better, we can help you with that. But you got to match our sort of energy and intensity because ultimately as the business owner, it'll be the business owner that's going to, you know, going to have to get the results. You know? It's sort of hard for business owners to grasp that because they think that every, everyone wants their thing, whether it's a service or a product. And they might be right in some respects. But what you're saying is, Find the market who has the most value yep. to you. Yep. Specialize, just be that company, be that person, be that service that just dominates them yep. and just go all in on, on sort of that yep. focus. Yep, 100%. Yeah, 100%. And okay. even the corporates do it too. So back in the banking days, we had that all of the, you know, we'd have a specialist for, you know, telcos, media, entertainment, retail, health, education, government, natural resources, <laughs> yeah. which is, you know, hilarious because it was a generalist bank that was the same thing but it's just focused in on yeah. saying they're focusing on one segment that's right and and it, and it really works it resonates and and it's you know if you go a little bit deeper it, it, it plays on the neuro-linguistic programming and languaging behind it yeah. you know because you're you're saying to you know whether it's a cafe owner or a mining you know company we understand you so if you're targeting the mining sector rather than just saying we provide to the mining sector you'd use their language and be like we understand what's important to you. It's productivity. It's lean and six sigma methodologies. Yep. We can help you with your productivity savings. And those words will, you know, jump out at them. Okay. As opposed to we're a Microsoft company. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I see. I see. Um, so you sort of make it about your customer rather than about you, you know? How does Red Apple pitch how do you pitch yourself to to your clients? Like do you yeah, you mentioned before a couple of industries that you're targeting, but do you sort of have to go out and sort of pitch a big idea or do you just focus in on one problem and then try and be that consultant for that problem? I'm going to cap a, uh, cop a couple of slaps on the faces from some friends of mine for saying this, but the way I differentiate myself is I'm saying the difference between us and a marketing company is that we will help you get customers, not clicks. Okay. The difference between us and a sales company is that we take strategy into account and and overall we take full accountability of your sales funnel from the top right through to the bottom so i use um a seven stage methodology um i can tell you now um so um, stage one is strangers um two is leads prospects three is marketing qualified leads mql so that's all top of the funnel marketing which is really about education yeah then um you've got sales qualified leads then through to number five opportunities deals and then customers at your bottom of the funnel. And then after that, which is somewhat sometimes neglected, number seven is repeat customers. Um, and then you want to, um, you know, it, it's obviously cheaper to maintain a customer than to go out and find a new one. So if you can keep those customers on and particularly those ones you want to work with, then 
you know, find ways to keep adding value to them. And, um, and, you know, if you kind of look at different activities for each of those stages, then it works. And, um, you know, particular, I think one of the challenges for businesses at the moment is I think they try to sell at the top of the funnel. They try to sell to a stranger. So we all get those messages on LinkedIn. Hey, never met you before. I'm from overseas. I'd love to show you all of my technical capabilities on .NET and Python and code. And you're like, uh, I'm sure. laughing as thanks. you say that. Yeah, thanks for your thing. Because you accept you accept these uh, invitations and yeah. you just know and within 24 hours, <laughs> you just know that you're going to get that, hey, we're going to, we're, yeah. and you're like, oh, you know, delete. You but, know? Yeah. But uh, you, you can just pick them. Yeah, you know, but it's like dating, right? You've got to, you can't just ask for the marriage and three kids on the first date. True, you go yeah. for, for a coffee or go for a, yeah. you know, a meal or something first. So same sort of thing. So your consultancy is really about opening eyes for business owners about their perceived lack of strategy even like you sort of you well, know, just uncovering it so i think like a personal trainer um for sales and marketing and and just to help supercharge it in a short period of time so like we and and it's like we could all go to the gym we could all probably jump on the treadmill at you know eight or 12 you know but what's going to push you is interval training you know doing 16 for 30 seconds and then off for 30 seconds and on for 30 seconds and then off and and then doing that for 15 minutes straight having someone to you know telling you when to jump on and off and then they'll take you over to the weights and then they'll tell you 20 of these and then 20 of these gotcha. and, you know, yeah. you're exhausted but so I, I generally start with a one-hour engagement you know just to work out the key stuff and then do a full day strategy day and that one full day strategy day will uncover everything yeah and then um, after that, make seven or eight recommendations and say, look, based on this, you do these seven or eight things and you'll get, you know, the best benefit out of it. So, you know, the equivalent of maybe like the leg squats or whatever in the gym, you know, yeah. you're going to get that's where you're going to get your real bang for buck um, rather than just doing cardio all day. Yeah. You know, as an Same example. thing. Yeah. You know, and um, does it open eyes Do they sort of get a bit of like people just going? you know, mind blown yeah. once they see that. Yeah, and similar to the gym, it's those that sort of match the energy where they get the results. Um, yeah, one client, um, we had 500% uplift in sales in 10 weeks. Right. 500%, yeah. which is phenomenal, um, like 5X, I guess you'd call it. Um, a friend of mine, um, he's a, in building and construction. We collected $70,000 worth of receivables in about 20 days. Okay. Uh, he's going to be one of our case studies for a new group that we're building. Um, we've, what's another one? Um, one, actually, I just found out yesterday or the day before, um, a new client, we helped with their engagement online uh, for LinkedIn. It went from 10% to 70%. Wow. You know, um, almost overnight. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, just by reframing the conversation yeah absolutely um, yeah and those sorts of things it just makes like it makes life easier i think for business owners so what what drives you like what do what makes you content within a business do you love getting the results do you love building new relationships uh sort of what sort of you know you get home after a long day sit on the couch what yeah. what makes you happy about what you do i i love um what, yeah when like a strategy sort of comes to fruition so i used to do like captain cricket teams and that sort of thing and you know think sort of 20 overs down in the game and and yeah i love the text message from someone saying hey i just sold like 500 of those units today or i just sold I, i've got th three of those messages this morning yeah um you know i just sold like 20 of these products i've done this you know um and it's unlocking it's like growth mindset you know carol dweck um you know talks about which is um 
you know, believing that you can do something, you know, and then once you start doing it, it becomes the normal and then yep. you, you sort of go, well, what if we go to the next level? So right. one um, client we worked with, they were selling one unit at a time, B2C, business, uh, business to consumer. And then we're, we're like, well, what if we sell 24 at a time? What would that look like? You okay. know? And then they're, they're doing that now and, um, and it, you know, put that into practice within like 72 hours of me leaving the session, which, okay. you know, and it's just soaring like on a weekly basis. So like you said, uh, they got to want to have this help though, right? So you got to be ready for it. Yeah. You can lead the horse to water, right? Yeah. 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 And I don't mind like, you know, I'll I'll help as much as I can and and do that sort of thing. Um, But I I just want to, I guess it kind of comes back to that mental health message and, and, you know, I don't think we have to be working 14 hour days, you know, 10, 12, days a fortnight um if possible even with consultants one of my things i love to do is say hey how much you're making in a fortnight mm. how about we try and make that in one day per fortnight yeah or two days per fortnight yeah what would that mean for your business or for your family or for you know or for your health even for yeah health, like you, you said know? yeah and you know yeah. could you then go to the gym and could you you know if someone to lose weight could you then do that other stuff too and yeah. and it's a it's just a little bit of a mindset shift to go yeah you're right i don't have to answer 50 emails per day why am i doing that or yeah. i don't have to go to this event or i don't have to do this thing and and sometimes it's like just giving people the permission to say it's okay you don't have to do that right um and and it is legitimately possible to, to do that you know you can um yeah just be sort of sharper around um you know the, the the ways you can unlock value in your business oh that's that's super important we've we've spoken at length on this podcast about how grinding yourself down to a halt is is sort of really detrimental to your mental health and and sleep deprivation in particular yeah. <laughs> is a, is linked to a lot of mental illnesses yeah. and and unfortunately um people who are just working their ass off but not getting anywhere yeah it, it, it can wear you down to a point where you just can't get out of bed and you can't function and you yep. think straight and business obviously declines and life then spirals yeah. so um it sounds like having a smarter way to achieve yeah success sales yep. uh, marketing whatever it is uh it's, it can only be a good thing yeah absolutely yeah. And, and and to me i just see it as like an enabler you know to achieve that like i i i like the fact of help helping people get freedom and autonomy in their business more than the mechanism to do that you know yeah. so for me the sales and marketing and helping them with sales funnels and that sort of thing is just a way for them to unlock you know more value in their their lifestyle um um so yeah i think it's it, it's important people aren't sort of too tough on themselves you know you yeah. just sort of take breaks you know talk to a mate who might be in a similar situation i've got a friend hamish clark from hammered constructions you know yeah we go for walks every couple of weeks and he's just had a baby i've had a baby and you know we um you know trying to balance you know parenthood and a business and running around town that's and, tough <laughs> right you know yeah, yeah. You, you've got to um you know but but there's other people out there in a similar situation, you know. Absolutely, so you got to have those conversations, and then from that, you might go, "Ah, oh, there might be a hundred of us out there yeah. all in the same situation. Maybe there's an opportunity here." So couldn't agree more. You know, what what excites you about the future? Uh, you know, what you're doing and where you see things going. Sort of, yeah. What what's exciting? What are you excited to to be a part of? Um, certainly, my family. I mean, I'm I'm at home, a big homebody. My you know beautiful wife Dominique and we've got a 10 month old daughter Wilhelmina or Minnie for short and you know a dog and two cats and the barbecue and the rest of it yeah yeah um so <laughs> full crew full crew um <laughs> and yeah I, I think it's just sort of living a, a you know getting back to a bit of 
um, you know, quality and, and, and lifestyle, I think, is important. And, and just having the permission, I think, to do that um, is a bit of a long-term goal for me. I, I'm at a stage now where I'm sort of keen to give back and, you know, I'd kind of want to do that through education and through, um, yeah, business support services, um, you know, because I think it's sort of, it's just a, a strength of mine that I, I want to use to enable other people. And I think going back to what we were saying before, I think, you know, genuinely the more you give, the more you, you, you get in return and, um, and that's not a reason to do it, but that's, but it's just, you know, like the contrarian, if 98% of the people are doing one thing, then do the other. Absolutely. You know? That's fantastic. Where do you see Red Apple Consultancy going in the next couple of years? You know, you're still relatively a young business yourself and um, you've had some early success and, and where, what's, your, what's your plan? And- so there's two paths um, and it's either basically we'll scale the consultancy or we'll scale the education sure. um, or we'll do both. Okay. Um, I think my passion is the education side yep. um, and I would like to do that. So we're doing a, a trial with the state government um, to run... Uh, and a form of accelerator program. I can't say too much at the moment. Sure. Um, hopefully in 2020. And then um, a couple of other sort of programs that I'm putting together at the moment. And if, if that works, I'd love to do that full time. That would uh, you know, okay. be my, my jam. Yeah. Um, and, and and the rest of it, I think, will just organically happen. I think the, the whole red apple thing is really a symbolization for the yield and doing things organically from the seed to the branch, the tree, and the, you know, eventually the, the fruits of your labor, so to speak. And, and it's all about like, it'll, it'll grow over time. And, and, um, yeah, I, I'll still be doing it in 20 years time. So, you know, I'm not here to sell it to Microsoft or anything like that. It's it's to try and, you know, build something, you know, that's a bit of a legacy, not just for my family, but hopefully for the business community as well. And, and, you know, hopefully in sort of regional and remote areas too. Great. Well, I know you're making some waves just here in the southeast Queensland communities. And like I said, I do see you are involved in a lot of different things at the moment. For any sort of wannabe business owners, current business owners uh, listening, why would they come and have a chat with you at, at Red Apple and what could what's the first step? Um, yeah, so for established business owners, just um, would probably just be a you know strategy session or just a one hour type thing or a Skype call or a phone call or a coffee or a chat or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, early stage is the same. Yeah, anyone if they just want to reach out, more than happy to chat. Um, it's um, I'm I'm pretty open and I'll you know I'll chat to anyone. Um, and I, I think it's about just giving yourself the um, yeah back to the permission again to to say it's okay. Um, I'm a big believer in the, the, the notion of tribes and helping people find their tribes. And, you know, back to that sort of analogy, if someone wants to be a cook, well, I'm not the greatest cook in the world, but yeah. I'll try and help you find someone that's good at that, you know, okay. and um, someone that can help support you in that. And I think that's what it's all about. And then, you know, and then, you know, I think we can all help each other grow together. One thing that uh, I spent a little bit of time over the last 18 months in in uh, some of those startup um you hubs, know, yeah. yeah, hubs around yeah. Brisbane. Great idea. I'm amazed at how many people genuinely help uh, other startups, even if they're not got anything in common. Yeah. Like, yeah, being in a few of those hubs and working in there and people just actually genuinely want to see you succeed. Yeah. And I think it, 
never used to quite be that way. It was very much you're isolated, you're on your own, right? Yeah, I mean, we're very fortunate in Queensland. I'd say we actually have the most um, hyper-connected um, startup community in Australia. Yeah, and there's a, a statistic, sorry to cut you off, no, I think right. we've got more startups than Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, the, the culture's on, on point. It's awesome to have some support from the, the government. Sure. Um I think that, that to be agnostic without sort of favoring any one of the hubs, there's a great um, link on the Chief Entrepreneur's website. Um, so Queensland Government Chief Entrepreneur, and I think it's called Ecosystem Map, and it will show all of the different um, hubs, all the different providers, including the corporates, the accelerator programs, all the venture capital funds, you know, all on the one page. Yeah. Um, definitely check it out. Go down to some of the events. Um, and yeah, they're very welcoming and there's yeah. a lot of events on. Yeah. yeah, and I know you're running some coming up in the um, soon as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So do a little plug. Please, yeah. <laughs> Tell us what you've so got. I yeah. think there's one on the 25th of September. Um, we're just finalising a hotel. It might be at the Hilton or you know, or something in the city. Um, hoping to get about 120 people there. So. Um, bit of a test trial i love to run experiments yeah and then, great um we'll see how that what's that focused on hands out um so i'm trying i'm putting together a 90 minute presentation around all of this stuff so um how to build a selling proposition how to make sure it resonates with your buyers um the importance of niching you know cac to ltv ratios um looking at um yeah sales methodologies and hacks how to um automate your system so operations as well so that you you know you can work sort of two to three days out of a fortnight that sort of yeah. thing if you want to yeah um it's important though yeah yeah you know, all those sorts of things Same and just time. trying to democratize some of that you know business education essentially and yeah. um yeah and hopefully have some fun in the process great i'm sure you'll do well because i know you've put on a few events that have been a success so anyone listening um keep an eye out for that now I came across something before and I want to ask you before we wrap up today because you did get to meet uh, Gary Vaynerchuk the other day, Grant Cardone, one of the biggest, uh, best salespeople yeah, in the world. Elena Cardone um, as well. She was awesome. He's, yeah, his, his wife. wife yep. Yeah, he's highly successful. And you wrote something about why winners win. Mm. What did you put in that? Because they, they never told us what your secret was. Uh, there was a um, – so Michael Lane, who's the promoter of uh, Success Resources yeah. Australia, um, yeah, put a competition together and, and it was around, um, yeah, this Gary V quote, you know, hashtag winners win, I suppose. And, and I don't know, it's a little trick when I was six years old, you know, when you used to get those little competitions, how do you win it? And yes. you always put like this – you know, acrostic poem thing. So I, <laughs> I wrote like, you know, Vaynerchuk and then all the different reasons like V was like vision and A was like autonomy, mastery, purpose and then Y was something else, say yes or whatever, you know. And that would have stood out because other people would have gone into spills yeah. however long you could give them and been very similar. A lot of people would have had extremely similar responses. Yeah. But you went for an alternate approach. You've got to be unique, right? You've yeah. got to be the, the, the purple cow and you've got to get the, the, the crowd behind you That's to support it. it. So Secret sauce. Secret sauce. So what was it like meeting those guys? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. The energy is just, just so great. Um, I, I think it it's similar to what I said before. The um, I think some people can find them polarizing and off-putting, but again, I'm like, man, the messaging that they have there is so good. Like, listen to it because they're genuine people. And um, even Elena Cardone, she's got a great book. Um, she talks about this concept of, you know, Clydesdale horses and how one Clydesdale horse can um, can pull 8,000 pounds and, you know, two of them together can 
pull 24,000 pounds. And then if they train together, they can pull 32,000 pounds. And that for me is sort of like that notion of, you know, you know, businesses, relationships and, and do it together with other people. And, yeah. um, you know, like, yeah, they're running businesses, but they're, they're giving back as well. And, and let's, <laughs> I think we should support people that do that and, and, you know, rise up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm very jealous when I saw your pictures on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Grant and Gary. Yeah, I know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It was fun. So yeah, that was a good event. Yeah. Well, there's another one um, in, I think, October, November. Richard Branson's in town. So oh, he's coming to Brisbane? I think people should jump on it. Go meet him, you know, because, yeah. you know, he may not be around forever. And so. you know what? Brisbane's been particularly good at getting drawing in big names. You know, um, Gary Vee's been here like three or four years in yeah. a row now. Yeah. Um, we've had all sorts of big names come through. So it's yeah. getting bigger. We're and getting there. I think the startup and the business owner mentality around seeking their advice is, is really good and, and people want to hear these guys and see them in, in, yeah. in person. And, yeah. yeah. And they talked about on the day, you know, we've got a culture of tall poppies in Australia and we're not the only country in Australia, but, we, you know, we've got to support, you know, people that want to grow and, and um, you know, we've got to get behind these people and keep them coming back. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's what we want, right? There's a quote from a guy I follow, um, Naval. Uh, he puts out some pretty um, very intellectual stuff on Twitter and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of the things he puts out and talks about is don't hate people for trying to play the game. And I just think that's so important because, like you said, sometimes in our culture, we shoot down people who are trying to win or do something different or step out of their comfort zone. And he's like, they're playing that game. They're trying to be different. If everyone was just the same, how boring. Yeah. You know, stop trying to shoot these people down. I just yeah. think it's so we, – we do it a lot in Australia. So Yeah, for sure. I mean um – yeah, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've got a um, sort of a saying, you know, with, you know, Monopoly, you ever played Monopoly? Yes. And I think, um, you know, no matter sort of how you act when you play Monopoly, you know, you're still playing the game type thing. So I think, you know, you just, if you're going to do it, if you're going to run a business, play to win because that's, that's, Absolutely. that's how it should be done. Fantastic. Uh, before we wrap up, how do we, how do people follow you? How do they get to, to contact uh, you? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, certainly linkedin um twitter i'll be opening up sort of um yeah facebook and um probably youtube and tiktok and all of them you know get omni channel um and but yeah start with linkedin please don't hesitate to reach out and um chat anytime if i can help or point you in the right direction more than happy to so and just one last uh question what's what what's the best social media channel for you what do you find works the best personally i i love linkedin i think it's the I'm most the underrated um platform it's it's the number one for b2b sales um period um and the organic reach on it at the moment is phenomenal it's good right yeah Yeah, it's really really good um but yeah it depends on the on the nature of each business but um yeah and it's less showboaty uh in terms of um you know instagram's very like you live a particular type of life yeah linkedin is pretty authentic i think yeah Yeah. i mean i think yeah you, you want to um yeah, like that omni-channel approach. You want to be doing sort of offline, online, yeah. and a combination of all of them to get the sort of brand impressions out there, I think. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just I think it's utilizing them. I think they're, they're free as well. And I, I think it's, it's funny that 
sometimes we go, oh, I don't know about Facebook. I don't know about Instagram. It's like, dude, it's, it's free. It's free, right? <laughs> like, use it, try yeah. it. Yeah. What's the out. harm? Yeah, like what's the return on investment? Yeah. One customer, it's probably pretty good. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I agree more. Yeah, it takes a bit of time, but people watch Netflix, you know, so just, uh, you know, um, get on board. I think embrace it because I think if people think it's complicated now, just wait another 10 years because this is only going to get more complicated. Yeah, things right? are changing fast, yeah. big time. So, Anthony, thanks for coming in. Um, it's a really cool story. It's still a story in development. There's a lot more to go. I'm excited to watch uh, your growth over the next few years and and um, I'm sure, I can't wait to see a few of your case studies and learn more about what you've done with particular clients and um, I think it's, uh, it's going to be great to sort of watch that unfold. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on really appreciate it if you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review for more information visit careerdevelopmentcenter.com.au